Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Agency Nation Radio. My name is Ryan Hanley. I'm joined by Marty Agather. Say hello, Marty. Howdy. And we are back to talk about sales, marketing, and technology in the insurance industry. This podcast is all about uh, taking the conversations that you find on Agency Nation and drilling into them further. And Marty, I, I emailed you an article yesterday uh, from J.D. Power and Associates that um, was, a, was a really interesting study that they did. And they, they do this every year. This is the 20... 20- 15 insurance shopper study from JD Power and uh, if you go to agencynation.com/podcast you'll find this episode this is episode number 7 and uh, we'll have links to to this uh, study so you can check it out for yourself but um, I found this study I was searching around the internet for uh, doing some research on an article I was writing and the numbers this this came out in April but um, actually, the end of April. So really, it's only been a little more than a month that this study has even been in the public. But uh, the numbers that in the in the in the conclusions that are made out of this incredibly, incredibly interesting. And I'm going to start with the lead, and then we're going to dive back into the article. But uh, the lead is more people than ever in 2014 went online to shop their insurance, but less people than 2013. So less in 2014 than 2013 actually switched their insurance. So we're going to dive into those numbers today, but um, just at a high level. Does that make sense to you, Marty? I mean, that hit me and like, I believe it, but at the same time, I kind of was like, that doesn't make sense. That's not what we all talk about when we're, you know, sitting around in circles at conferences. You know, I I think there's a couple of things. I don't dispute the methodology or how exactly they got to those numbers. I'm sure they're accurate. These guys are experts. Uh, Our audience may or may not know, but this is the same J.D. Power that rates cars, right? So they rate the new and used car experiences. So these guys are pretty, they're pretty uh, tuned in to customer experience and what's going on. The insurance, the insurance study that Ryan uh, references has been out going out for a few years one of the one of the big deliverables is they they rank insurance companies by customer experience. Um, so I'm sure their their methodology is good. I'm not going to quibble with how the numbers came back. I think it's a little um, counterintuitive because you're right, right? I mean, you know, we're out there. We 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 know what's been going on long term, and that has been that. More and more shoppers are going online, and and uh, more people continue to bind online. But we have heard from other sources uh, that that binding, and we've seen it ourselves on on um, TrustedChoice.com, that finalizing the transaction is a tough thing to get people to do. I mean, we have a hard time. We obviously don't have bind online, but we have a we have a hard time just getting people to finish the quoting process. So um, so I'm not I'm not necessarily surprised by that. The one, the one, I guess, caveat that I'd throw out though is, one year does not make a trend, uh, and so you know, anytime there's just one number that's out, that's kind of an outlier, statistics would tell you to, to discount it until you see some more trending in that in that area. Come back at me on that, and then we'll dive a little deeper. Yeah, I think that. Yeah. Okay. So, from many of the conversations that we have, we, we have um, in our capacities with TrustedChoice.com, um, and just a just a quick plug for those listening, uh, Agency Nation Radio and all the resources that you find on Agency Nation are fully funded 
by trustedchoice.com. So if you're not receiving uh, targeted insurance referrals to your agency from trustedchoice.com, go to agencynation.com slash advantage and you can um, fill out a form and talk to talk to our team and, and learn more about uh, whether that's an opportunity you're interested in or not. So uh, we work with a lot of uh, lead sources. So uh, what our platform does is take leads from throughout the internet. Some come to our actual site and become leads. Some we source from all different venues. So uh, we probably have, what would you say, a dozen different sources, Marty, in which we source various leads. And then what our technology does, the Appetite Engine, is uh, kind of uh, chew them up and spit them out to the appropriate agent. So um, that is why we call them referrals. So uh, in, in dealing with these lead sources, uh, we've heard over and over again that though consumers are more and more willing to go online and learn about an agency or an insurance carrier or an insurance provider in whatever way, shape, or form that, that, that takes, uh, takes shape, um, they are, they're not necessarily, there is not a trend increasing in them actually transacting the business online. Uh, regardless of what the platform is, whether it's Google or um, a, a lead generation source or a banner ad source or whatever, they all at some point, I shouldn't say they all, the vast majority of these insurance buyers at some point in the process are looking to talk to a human being and um, it's in that moment, I think, that we're able to differentiate ourselves, which is what is the customer experience, which is ultimately what we're here to talk about today. Yeah, correct. Um, you know, when we look at it globally, I, I would say there's part of the part of the situation and why we may see, see some of this trending is you think back a couple, three, four years ago, um, we were just barely coming out of I don't I, economic numbers I don't have in front of me, so I don't know exactly when the the Great Recession ended, right? But I mean, think about it. Uh, things were a lot more tenuous a couple, three years ago, and it's quite probable that a lot of a lot of people who were shopping might have been underwater on their homes, and uh, they may have experienced downsizing at work, and all of those things that we would much rather not even think about uh, anymore. But you know, in that instance, a um, it it may have been easier to make to to endure the disruption in your life to make that change for a smaller dollar amount right so so now we're kind of talking about some of the guts of this the guts of the study but what JD Power found was there were three primary factors okay? here Marty I want you to dissect each one of these but yep. I think what might be a good uh, way to go about this is I'm just gonna read this main uh, this main stat paragraph that they put together. I'm going to read it right from the report here. And then what I, w- what I would like you to do is go back in and kind of dissect what these numbers mean, I think, for everybody. But we'll give them the whole story first. Sure. And perfect. then we'll kind of talk through each piece. So, uh, and, and again, you guys can go to agencynationradio.com slash podcast, find episode seven. We'll have a link to this study. But uh, so here's, here's the paragraph that kind of pulls the stats out. Auto insurance... Auto insurers increased rates by an average of 2.1% nationwide in 2014, following an increase of 2.5% in 2013. 
Those rate hikes are contributing to customers shopping for a better deal. And while more customers are shopping for a new insurer, 39% in 2014, as compared to 32% in 2013, fewer are actually switching. The 2015 study finds that among those who shopped, only 29% actually switched in 2014 compared to 37% in 2013. So that basically gives you the snapshot of the data that like popped my eyes open and said, Marty, we have to talk about this because I, I, there's something there. I think there's, we have to be able as an industry to pull some sort of insights out of uh, those stats because they're counterintuitive. As you said earlier, Marty, they're counterintuitive to what we otherwise would believe. Yeah, so when when um, J.D. Power looked at this, they said there were three factors that people contemplated. So price, the distribution channel itself, which was kind of a, a hidden, fascinating little fact, and then the policy offerings. And, you know, I'm not convinced uh, that many insureds really understand what the policies include, but maybe maybe it's some of the, you know, sort of the, the high-level um, – endorsement benefits, you know, sort of add-in coverages that they that somebody might throw in. But but you know so here's the first thing that I want to I want you know price increase was what 2.5% 2014 think two about point, that. 2.1% in 2014, 2.5% increase in 2013. So and and of course we know that auto insurance premiums vary around the country. Um, let's just take a nice round number because I'm a slow guy and it's hard for me to do math. But if if your premium was $1,000 for your period, whether that's six months, uh, if you're in a high premium locale, or that's an annual, if you're in a low premium locale, um, we're talking about a $20 increase on a $1,000 bill. Um, I don't know that that's enough to really trigger your thought process. I, I wonder how much of this, and, and this is where I, I, I question what's going on in the numbers a little bit. I wonder, you know, we've heard about these games that uh, carriers play where they give you new policy discount that goes away over time, right? So maybe the rate increase was only 2%. But maybe in on top of that, you got a 5 or 10% new policyholder discount that disappeared. Now, all of a sudden, even though the rate change is the same, right, because that's a filed rate change, now the number is a totally different thing on your premium renewal notice. So I wonder if there isn't some of that stuff going on as well. The other thing is, too, this is national averages. So one carrier could have a significant decrease and two or three carriers could have uh, a moderate increase and they would balance each other, each other out at around 2.1%. So, again, you have to remember, this isn't any one particular carrier. If you're sitting there going, my favorite carrier never increases their rate, so I don't have to worry about this, then um, remember, this is national averages over, the, over all the insurers that they, that they surveyed um, to do this. You know, the, the thing that I find interesting is, regardless of what the reason, right? So they're pointing at, at price – I agree with you. I'm listening to you to to what to your kind of uh, back of the napkin calculation. Twenty dollars on a thousand dollar policy is that really enough to to go out and try to find um, try to find new rates? Regard you know regardless of of the reason, 
the the fact remains that in 2014, more people, seven percent more, from 39, from up from 32 to 39, 39 percent of people went, uh, or uh, 39 percent of consumers were shopping for a new consu- uh, insurer in 2014. 39 percent, and that tells me that there is something going on, whether it's Maybe a huge swing to the direct model, and now people are saying, geez, I, maybe I'd like to go back to independence, or maybe they're looking at independence and saying, I don't necessarily need a local, or maybe they're, uh, you know, whatever the situation is, something is going on, and people are going online more. The- I, I think, I think a, a, a driver, a, a, a significant driver of that behavior, is the absolute sheer volume of ads, volume in terms of numbers and volume in terms of the loudness of insurance marketing that says save 15, 20%. And so people go, I've got to be an idiot not to go do that, right? And and then when they get out there, I think what they're finding is the real truth is far different than the message that's being portrayed to them. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think part of it is volume. I also think a big piece of it is trust. I think that where uh, ten years ago you didn't trust a digital ad, you didn't trust someone who blasted you with a thousand commercials. I think today uh, consumers have just kind of uh, become awash in it. It's become part of their life, and they just they assume that if they see a commercial on TV or a digital ad. Um, there's there's more trust there. They're more willing to try uh, an insurance. Where ten years ago they wouldn't have done that, but now insurance is partnered up with Allstate, and 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 this has been going on for long enough that now they're like, okay, I'll give that a try. And um, obviously Geico was always there, and maybe someone who had said I would never switch to Geico after you know twelve years, fifteen years now of being blasted in the face over and over and over again with Geico, they say, you know what? Maybe there's something to it. They haven't gone away, right? We all kind of thought that Geico was going to underprice the market, and then all of a sudden there was just going to be this big swing back, and they were going to get crushed. And that that hasn't happened yet. So maybe the consumers are starting to to just have more trust in uh, these these carriers that they're seeing marketing to them all the time. And I'm not saying that's absolutely the reason, but you have to assume that if seven percent of the people who were looking to shop their insurance if seven percent of them if there's seven percent more of those people in the market in 2014 that there ha- that trust has to be a part of it right it can't just be that they're pissed um it has to be that they believe that if they go someplace else that that other place could potentially be could potentially be now we're seeing it isn't but could potentially be a better solution for them yeah and 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 i you know I think there's also probably some inhibition to change because people realize that it's not a costless switch, right? So, um, so I think it, it's it's real easy to to make a, an impulse decision based on saving some money or getting a new color, or whatever it is. You know, whatever you're buying, you make an impulse decision. Um, but after you've done that once or twice, you realize that there's there's a little more baggage that comes along with that than they'd ever like you to believe. And so I think one of the things that may be behind this decrease in the number, although the shopping numbers continue to rise, right? The question is, what's what's why are fewer and fewer switching? And 
and we're seeing that greater than half of them are staying with their current carrier. So I want to I want to read that as saying some of the some of that some of that inherent um, cost of switching they're recognizing, and it's not just the knee jerk reaction. Hey, I can save a little bit of money, and it doesn't cost me anything on the flip side. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I think back to my own insurance uh, when I when I was selling insurance every day. You know, the people who have never who hadn't switched in twenty years, I almost thought that I had a better chance with them because they hadn't felt the pain of switching. And you know, the God's honest truth is in the independent insurance industry, it is relatively painful to switch. You know, we gotta send you policies that you have to sign and we have to fill them out. And you know, this was long enough ago that uh, you know a lot of times they had to be faxed or whatever. You know, all the things that we know are are not necessarily um, technology forward in our in our space. And depending on the carrier, you know, geez, you may still have to walk the policies to them. But um, the 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 truth is, if they hadn't been through the process before, they were you know, and I could save them some money and I could get them better coverage. Then there was a chance that there was a much higher chance that they were going to switch. But the people who who you know, I mean, how many times, I can't tell you the number of times that people would say, you know, I just switched last year, even if you could save me a couple bucks, I really don't want to do it, right? So they, they had gone through the process, realized that, like you said, it may not necessarily always be monetary, but there is a cost to making that change, and, um, and they didn't want to feel that pain again. So maybe there is some, uh, some exhaustion, some burnout to switching, and even if you could save 50 bucks, is it really worth making the move to another new carrier with a new set of ID cards, uh, with a new person to call, with a new, you know, new everything for 50 bucks? It, 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 it may not be worth that to today's modern consumer. Yeah. One of the other things that I find very interesting in this study is the fact that the conversion rates from people who are shopping to closing is down from 18% to 13%. That's almost a one-third reduction in conversion to sale. And when you look at that, you go, what is really going on around here? I mean, how in the heck... Is, 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 you know, that I, I don't even know that I want to, you know, say this, but is it possible that the online shopping just, it isn't ever going to happen? Uh, well, okay. So I'm not willing to buy that argument. What, what I think is that, um, I think that we hit it at the very beginning of this. I think that people want to talk to a human being, right? People want to, um, I think that maybe there was this, this, uh, this run up in online, you know, quote to bind online and, and all this quick transaction stuff. Some of that may have, may have been cachet and some of it may have, you know, that may have worn out a little bit. And now people are starting to get back to the business of insuring their lives and their property and, and, and their companies and saying to themselves, you know, the, the maybe the relationship really is the thing in the insurance industry. And sure, I, you know, I think you and I would be in agreement. There are things that we can do to make the process easier and more user-friendly and uh, 
you know, provide a much deeper, richer customer experience. But ultimately, it comes back to, do I have trust in the person who's handling my insurance? And do I value the information that they give me and the guidance that they give me? And uh, where, where maybe two, three, four, five years ago, people said, I can do this myself. Maybe that is what's starting to swing back, is that DIY insurance shopper is starting to say to themselves, this isn't as easy as I thought it was. This is, this actually, I, there's, I actually have questions here and the, company A is unwilling, to, is unwilling to answer them or it's more difficult to get a question, a question answered for them from them. And maybe that's what it is, is just when you find that, that trusted relationship, you're willing to give up some, something in savings if it means that you continue to have that 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 trust and, and value proposition that comes from your current uh, provider, you know what I'd like to see, and I don't know that anybody uh, could generate this report. And even if somebody could, I'm not sure there's any incentive to do it. But I wonder what the percentage of claims that went unpaid or underpaid due to inappropriate coverage, what that looks like, say, in the decade from 1990 to 19, to 2000, and from 2005 to 2015, I wonder what that would look like. Because I wonder how many people tried it once got absolutely burned when they had a claim and suddenly realized, oh, I get it. This is a very deep and complicated subject. Yeah, you know, it, 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 so I'm going to, I'd like to kind of um, kind of pull this around. Um, you know, what I keep coming back to is, is customer experience, right? This, this whole concept of customer experience and what it means um, in our business, in the insurance business. And I think for a long time, we were able to discount customer experience because we had a monopoly on how business was done. And then the directs and captives and the internet uh, came along and made, and their value proposition was fast and easy, fast and easy. And I think the people who were either intrigued by fast or e- fast and easy and the internet, maybe some mixture of that, or were just put off by how business had been done kind of so one-sided for so long. And I'm not saying every agent does that or every carrier. I'm just saying in general, looking over the, the broad stroke of our, of our industry. Um, you know, now what I see, and I'm having conversations on Facebook and Twitter every day and email and going out to conferences, and Marty, you're doing the same thing and talking to agents. And now what I'm starting to see is really thoughtful, really deep uh, conversations around how do we start to not necessarily realign how we do business as an independent agent because you and I both do what we do because we believe that it's the best possible product for an insurance consumer, but how do we take into consideration the experience that they get? And and that's, I think, you know, like if you if someone was asking what's really burning your mind in the insurance industry right now, it's providing a customer experience that speaks to the clients because when i look at these numbers when i'm looking through this and i'm saying this is off of 50, this is off of 15,000 15,600 respondents so this isn't 
you know, so, so some of this data as far as um, customer satisfaction and, you know, this study goes into a lot more than just what we're, what we're talking about here. Uh, we wouldn't have time. This could be five episodes. But there was a lot of research and preparation done here uh, for, to put these numbers together. So, um, you know, what I'm taking away from this is, uh, and, and I think, you know, so this is where I'm going. Uh, a woman by the name of Valerie Monet, uh, who is the director of the insurance practice at JD Power? This is kind of her closing quote, and I and I do think that it, it sums up uh, pretty much the, the the conversation here. It's when looking exclusively at price, consumers may find the grass is not always greener. Many customers are obtaining quotes and gathering information on insurers' websites and through aggregators, but the day-to-day interactions they have with their insurer, especially if they have to file file a claim will be the ultimate moment of truth for the customer. And I think you could take file a claim out with change a car, have a question, basically any interaction that you have with the agency or the insurance carrier itself. Um, these are the these are starting to become the moment uh, or the, the true moments of truth again. I think they were and then we had this this rush to the internet and now uh, the 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 technology piece, the kind of people just being enamored with the technology. I think that we're starting to move past that. We're maturing, and we're getting back to how do we provide that true customer experience? And here's the caveat, Marty. And then I promise I'll stop talking. Um, the caveat is we have to provide that customer experience in the context of today's technology. Uh, I've heard agents get up on soapboxes and say things like, I'm not going to focus on my website. I'm just going to give everyone my cell phone number because that's true. You know, if they can talk to me, that's true customer experience. And it's like, yeah, maybe that's, that's true customer experience in, in 2001 or in 1990, uh, 1998. But the true customer experience is different today. It's, it's, uh, it's developed. It's moved on. It's more about availability, uh, coupled with, many different options. So do you have 24-7 call server service? Do you have access to your policies online? Do you have um, the ability to text or use some sort of social network to communicate uh, and cell phone and, you know, and email? And it's more about this providing this broad stroke of options um, than it is just providing the one that makes sense to the, to the agent. Well, yeah, you, you, you finally got around to it there at the end. I was going to have to, I was going to have to, uh, disagree with you there, but you, you you finally pulled it out. So I I I think I'm glad that I didn't disappoint you in my diatribe. <laughs> I th- I think that um that 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 agent who made that statement and and that wasn't a single agent. It is a whole category, a broad swath of agents. Um, they are stating what used to be the universal truth. And now it's a truth for a specific segment of the population. But your point is you can't you can't act if if you want a successful agency, you can't act as if that's the only segment that exists any longer. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I would like to redefine or or maybe change out the word successful because I think successful is a fairly arbitrary word or at least it depends on your perspective right so what i would say is instead of using the word successful i would say um growing it is incredibly difficult to grow an agency 
today if you provide only methods of communication that work for you, the agent, right? It may be possible, but it's going to be difficult. If you, the agent, says, I am going to provide the most options for and, and, and build workflows in my office to handle uh, however a customer chooses to contact me and be completely comfortable with that and meet all the guidelines of errors and omissions and all that kind of stuff, then I feel like you have a much greater chance of capturing the maximum possible uh, uh, opportunities in the market, um, which is really what we have to do today because uh, – you know, one restaurant owner could love to text and one could come in and love to shake your hand. And if you write restaurants and you only allow people to come in and shake your hand, you won't text, then that guy who texts is never going to do business with you. And you've just lost an opportunity in your niche market. And that is becoming more the reality or, or more the, the, the common uh, practice than it is the exception and uh, that's that's what I mean. When I say, I think when you say successful, what I think is growing. Um, I think you could be successful and have flat growth. And as a as a principal, you may feel successful. You may have cash, big checks, and that's completely cool. I'm just saying, if you're looking to grow, if you're looking to build and expand and 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 take your your kingdom and make it larger than it is today, um, being less available is is not the answer. I'd agree with that wholeheartedly, and uh, thank you for the clarification. I want to, I want to, I want to wrap our section on the JD Power um, uh, survey results with a slight twist. Um, we know, Ryan, uh, that it's not only agents that are that are on this uh, on this podcast with us, and we've got some we've got some listeners on the carrier side too. And um, one of the key takeaways that was identified in this, because remember, this is a um, this is a survey that isn't just focused only on ind- on the independent agents to channel; they're covering directs as well. But one of the key findings that they came up with in this report is that uh, optimizing marketing and ad spend to create a strong brand awareness is critical for this marketplace. Brand awareness decreased again in 2015. What's happening is our brands are being lost. And I am primarily addressing my top my con- my comments here to our insurance company listeners because they're the ones who can make this change. Individual agencies in and of themselves, they can do a great job of branding themselves in their local territory. We talk about that day in and day out here, and we'll probably be doing a podcast on it in, 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 in the near future. But carriers, you need to realize you've got to start doing some heavy lifting. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, you know, we, we talk about, it, it says, despite the industry increasing its advertising spend by 6%, we actually lost insurance providers lost brand awareness uh, from 2014 to 2015. So increase advertising spend, loss of brand awareness, uh, and and you wonder how that's possible. And I think that's a whole another episode of the show, and maybe something we can dive into a little deeper, Marty. I think I think really it's an interesting note to leave people on. And what I would like, just the nugget, uh, the nugget that I hope sits in your brain uh, when you're done with this show is branding, it, it, 
it sucks to spend money on branding, right? It doesn't feel like you get anything back. I get that. It's what we do every day, or at least you know we think about how uh, the TrustedChoice.com brand is helping to to elevate independent insurance every day. I mean, we have branding discussions every single day, so I get that. But at this, because there's not like you spend X and Y comes through the pipeline in terms of revenue. Um, it's it's you kind of have to believe in it. There's a little bit of of belief that has to go into it. Uh, in order to continue to expand, but um, and, and consistent effort, it's not a it's not a turn the faucet handle and the water comes out the, yeah. the spigot. I, I mean, and and so this is what I'll leave you with in terms of brand. Brand is a whole other com- conversation, but um, look at look at Geico and what they've done with the gecko. You don't even have to hear him talk, and you know, fifteen minutes will save you fifteen percent or less. It has nothing or to do more. with the – or more or whatever, 15% or more. Yeah, yeah. So, geez, I don't even know it. Um, you know, it isn't that they spend a billion dollars a year. It's how consistent they are with the message and how much they – you know, well, we're going to get into a whole branding thing. So um, I don't want to go down that path. What I would say is it's important to remember that branding is important. Branding is part of the customer experience. Customers who work with brands that they feel represent their values uh, feel a higher level of – of um, satisfaction with their purchase all goes into the customer experience uh, and I think overall as an industry we need to consider um, that customer experience as really the key def- uh, defining factor in getting someone to switch uh, from who they're currently using to you it's not just about price this survey has shown that um, customers may be going online and doing research because price is their initial issue, but over and over again, we've seen in countless studies, price is not the only reason that they switch, and it's rarely ever um, the most important reason in their decision. And what I would like to uh, put in front of you is think about your customer experience and how that differentiates your agency, how that differentiates your, uh, your insurance carrier and the products that you provide. It's that customer experience. Um, you know, Marty, what I would like to ask our audience is if you have feedback on how you do this, come to Agency Nation, Agency Nation slash podcast. You'll see it on the top of the site as well. Find episode number seven, and we have a comment section. Come in. How do you establish a customer experience? Is customer experience even important? Like, we want to hear from you guys, and I think your feedback will help uh, drive this conversation even further. And I know Marty and myself are constantly looking for new resources like this JD Power and Associates survey uh, to, to share with you guys and drill into. And uh, we'll have this linked up. Uh, Marty, before we go, any, any closing thoughts? Well, the only uh, the only thing I've got in closing is you mentioned uh, you mentioned the word grow earlier as a descriptor for an agency, and I just wanted to give a shout out to our uh, our good buddy Jason Cass who just released his book. Yes, uh, customer experience is just for play is now available on Amazon. Big shout out to to Jason and uh, huge huge proponent of the independent insurance agency uh, system, an independent agent himself in a growing agency worked it out of his basement into now he has an office in town and a couple producers, a couple CSRs doing, doing great work. So we're very happy uh, for Jason. I know I am. Um, and just, you know, if, if nothing else, just the fact that he is leading the charge and providing a little different customer experience and, and connecting with people in a different way. So uh, if you see Jason at a conference or something, make sure you uh, 
give him a, a pat on the back for his good work. And, and uh, if you're interested, um, I think you can find his book on, on Amazon. So uh, with that, uh, me and Marty are going to be out of here. We're going to finish up this episode number seven, Agency Nation Radio. Remember, if you want to study, come to Agency Nation. Find the show notes at agencynation.com. And if you have any questions, comments, you can always email us or just leave them in the comment section of the show notes. Marty, we're going to get out of here.